Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. To Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, I've been wearing a mask a lot because I had COVID, but I'm over yeah. COVID, but I still like out of an abundance of caution. And also, we should be wearing a mask a lot. And I also wear glasses. And at this point, I think I'm entitled to condensation for all the trouble I've been through. <laughs> Not only are you entitled to condensation, you are receiving it on a regular basis. That's that's a that's a that's a legal uh, joke mixed with a mixed with a COVID joke, with a, mixed with a science joke. Yeah, I guess. And yet somehow in the alchemy, a bad joke emerged. <laughs> it's just incredible how you do that every time. <laughs> Hank, before yeah. we answer questions from our listeners, it's vitally important that we talk about another moment where dear Hank and John has had a tremendous impact yeah. on our shared culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of our culture. Not like not just you and me, but everyone on Earth. No, no, no. Global. I'm saying yeah. global culture. It's uh -huh. not a coincidence, Hank, that when this was a WNYC podcast, they paid like a gajillion dollars to submit us for a Peabody Award. It's because <laughs> we make such high quality content that that Peabody <laughs> is just around the corner. Is that true? That can't be true. It is true. Oh we... <laughs> we go um, on john this it's big news we recently proposed a wendy's rebrand where wendy's would become hard goth where yeah. wendy's would go all goth all the time yeah and, and not just like not just goth, but like just sort of like cr like the creepy purple portland night veil yeah. style weird. weird yes yeah Surreal, mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Do androids dream of electric sheep? But Weird. Wendy's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in response, Wendy's official Twitter, which is the least official of all the official brands, <laughs> they, they they do like to keep it unofficial. Tweeted us a super goth Wendy's, which I really enjoyed. But then also in the last twenty four hours, I haven't seen hours, that. Where do I? How do I find this goth Wendy's? Wendy's tweets so much. <laughs> Did you? Did it, they send it it's, to you? It's all—it's almost like they're not a person. <laughs> uh, yes, they sent it to me. They sent it to me. You got to search John Green Wendy's. I think okay. that'll do it. But anyway, the other thing that happened is that seemingly Wendy's in one location genuinely rebranded to kind of a punk emo Wendy's. Now we think this was a coincidence, an no, example of great not, minds not, not. Seems, thinking seems like alike. totally something we did. That's all us. <laughs> That's got to be us, right? But it makes me think, Hank, that maybe we need to apply our bountiful rebranding talents mm, I see. and help other brands. Uh, yeah, well, look, other brands. We like we are honestly quite good at at branding. We're not the world's experts, mm. but we've done we've done oh, some God. good work. Oh crap! That reminds me of something oh, no. really important, which is that we haven't talked about the coffee on the podcast. <laughs> Did we really not talk about it last week? No, that was a huge miss. Jeez, I know. Ugh. We're so good at we're so good at branding and marketing <laughs> that we forgot to tell you that we started a coffee company. 
<laughs> yeah. So the idea is simple. Yeah. You go to awesomecoffeeclub.com. You get coffee sent to your home either every month or once every two weeks. But the coffee is different from other coffee because one, it is good for the people who farm it. We pay a premium for our coffee to support farmer compensation. You can learn a lot more at awesomecoffeeclub.com. And Two, 100%, not 50% or some or most, but 100% of the profits go to support stronger healthcare systems in impoverished countries. So it's good coffee that you can feel good about. Awesomecoffeeclub.com. It's very good. Did I do it? You did great. You did great. I'll talk about it. It's great coffee. Yeah. And it, it, John's been working very hard to uh, make sure that it's the it's a, it's the deliciousest and it's extremely good. And uh, a lot of work has gone into uh, m- making it a super enjoyable experience as well as one that has a positive impact on the world. Yep. John, yep. what do you want to start with? Who do you want to rebrand? What about like Best Western? Oh. The hotel chain? Yeah. I was thinking about them today because I was like, then that is not a good name, but they've managed to make it work Yeah, they, yeah. for a hotel I chain. I mean, you could go to a Best Western anywhere in America. It doesn't even have to be on the West. Not only that, but West of what, right? Like it, it implies that there is this center somewhere. Right. And we don't want any of that. Well, everything but is West of somewhere, na- I guess is what Best Western has decided. Oh, (laughs) first off, you just invented their tagline. It's so good. (laughs) Everywhere is west of somewhere. (laughs) This is a sentence that's true and means nothing. It contains contains so much truth and no meaning. That's great. That makes it really good marketing. Like the word sustainable, which you can use if you want want to uh-huh. that uh-huh. there are no other yeah, requirements. like a governing body of the sustainable it turns out as i spent the last year trying to learn what constitutes fair compensation and sustainable business practices yep. in the coffee business what i found out is um <laughs> and, uh, and nothing yeah whatever whatever the person selling the coffee wants it to mean yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. made by so plants, we have our tag is what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. This coffee, this coffee is hundred percent made by a plant. Yeah. Gluten free. <laughs> um, okay. Best Western. So, so, so what I, the, the, my first thought is that, uh, is that you got to get away from the country. Cause what I'm thinking is country and Western. You don't want to go down that road. And so no. what I'm thinking, yes. are you ready for my idea or do you want to do yours? Because mine's pretty good. No, you go, you it's go. Gonna be, you, yours is going to be the good one. It's, it's a swing. It's like, uh, it's well, uh, the, the word swing has thrown me for a loop. It's like fifties jazz swing club, but as oh. a hotel. So like the, they got oh. zoot suits on at the front desk. Zoot suit riot. They got, they 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 got classes you can take. There's uh there's yes. a dance floor instead of that like TV area with the with the cable news on. None of that. All 24 mm. hour a day. Come and come and learn how to do a dance. And they serve only the kinds of drinks that taste bad because that's back then. That's all they had. That kind of thing. Right. Yeah. You have to drink like your uh, fountain Coca Cola and. Your uh, water may have dirty ice in it. Yeah, well, I was thinking like uh, like old fashions, which are th- that the reason I that they haven't fashioned. brought them into the present, why they're still so old fashioned, is because of how they taste bad. They didn't put there's like no <laughs> sprite in them at all. Taste great. What are you talking? Old, old, an old fashioned is delicious. You're put some grenadine off, in there or something. All right, so here's my response to your idea. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. I think it's strong. Mm-hmm. I just wonder. If instead of it being like 50s rockabilly swing music. That's so good. I love it. I think it's good, but I think it will come in and out of fashion as these things do, right? Like bluegrass music. There are people who love it, but in terms of popular appeal, it goes in and out of fashion. I'm looking for something. What stays fashionable for the next 10 years. If I'm Best Western and I'm, I'm thinking about rebranding all of my hotel rooms, I want it to last at least a decade. Mm-hmm. And what I think is um, corporate concentration of power has been bad for the shared human story. <laughs> yeah, okay. Best Western. Uh-huh. Because corporate concentration of power has been bad for the shared human story, period. Well, and 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 they're giving all the profits to charity. Like they're joining up with the Awesome Socks Club, like vision of hotels. 
The great, no, Hank, the great thing is that you can, you can say, say these things and people can be like, man, Best Western really gets it. I'm going to stay there. Mm, I don't know, John. I want, I want the person at the front desk to call me daddy-o. I want him to say that he hopes I, I have don't. a sweet time at my pad that I've rented from Best Western and that if I'm staying in such a ho- nice hotel, he's going to say, we got a maid in the shade here at Best Western, like, like that. This is what I want. First off, no cursing. Sorry. Secondly, <laughs> what if instead of saying that, the person at the front desk was saying, look, markets have a role to play in our economy, but the idea that we should worship free markets as an ideology. What do we mix these things makes together? Just no sense to me. What, what if he, he says, people, people who worship free markets as an ideology makes me want to give him a, a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> All right, I think we did it. Um, you're welcome, Best Western. Contact us anytime. It's uh, anti-corporate, but you still keep all the profits. Fifties diner. That's the concept. <laughs> it's like it's like, but like one of those diners it's where like, they kind of mean it's to you. Like, it, yeah, and and not the actual 1950s. The version of the 1950s that Hank and I saw in the movie Back to the Future. Yeah. that's the vibe. Anti-capitalist <laughs> Back to the Future. Uh, okay, good. And by the way, that's not to say that those are my personal beliefs or anything, because next week I'm going to propose that Motel 6 rebrands to the pro-capitalist super center motel. This is what everybody needs. The only motel (laughs) where you can be absolutely sure that 100% Mm -hmm. of your hotel room cost will go directly to the richest people in the we world. We need our hotel change to be more partisan. This is what America oh, needs. Oh, God, there's like, not been nearly enough polarization yes, we need to polarize in hotel the chains. hotel chains. This actually does yes, happen. I mean, we, it's, it's wild to see this happen in some consumer products where there are, like, conservative... pillows! Yeah. America <laughs> is the only country on Earth where the pillow is a highly politicized uh, action. Awful, terrible... Oh my God. Okay. So we're going to, we're, Hank and I look at that and we think, man, if only the rest of the world could be like pillows. <laughs> All right, Hank, let's answer some questions from our listeners, beginning with this one from Jay, who writes, Dear John and Hank, this happened a decade ago, but it still bothers me. That's, uh, that's my specialty, Jay. I love things that happened a decade ago that still bother you. One day, within about five minutes, several people I know from back in high school texted me stock images of bread. I responded nice. to ask why, but I never heard back. Nice. What was that about? Uh, was I invited? to join a baking party or a baking cult did i miss a golden brown opportunity i appreciate any thoughts you have loaves and llamas jay <laughs> clearly jay you failed some kind of test is yeah. that what it seems to me like i don't know what the test was but you whatever that like i guess maybe should you have just texted back more bread and then they would maybe. have been like you are now in the the bread cult and we we so we'll go and bread more right. people and we accept you yeah. and now we shall together send stock images of bread to other people yeah. we know from high school uh-huh. i'm almost positive that's what it is these people were sitting together yeah. and they said what if we texted stock images of bread to people we knew in high school yep. but with no context mm-hmm. And then if they text back a picture of bread, they're in the club. And if they don't, they're not. And I, I would argue, Jay, it's it's good news you're not in the stock photo bread club. Probably, you know, like I don't know. I'm I'm up for any connection these these days. Uh, any any <laughs> I, opportunity for people to get together and be be feel like they're connected to other humans is good. Yeah, that's true. I just called a bunch of people who subscribed to the Awesome Coffee Club to say thank you. And also that since I, they also live in Indianapolis, I was wondering if I could just bring their coffee by. Oh, wow, nice. And they all were very nice and they all said yes. But I was also reminded that like talking to people while it is stressful, yep. I was sweating bullets. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It to, it's, so... a, it's especially weird to call it total stranger and be like, hello, I'm John Green. Yeah. You just bought my coffee. And I... <laughs> Can I? Yeah, I, you just bought my coffee. Is it weird if I bring it to your house? You can say yes, it's weird. Yeah. But if you say no, I will bring it to your house. Yeah, so I was sweating. I mean, I, my armpits were just pouring sweat as I was making these phone mm-hmm. calls. But it was so good for me. Yeah. This is the hardest thing about our moment. Yeah. Is that doing the things that are good for you are sometimes uncomfortable, especially when you start doing Oh, it. I mean, like, that's, why? why is it this way? But like many, many, if not most of the things that are good for me are hard. Yeah. 
Best Western, it's good for you, but hard. <laughs> it's all it's all CrossFit. Best Western is CrossFit and talking to strangers. Show up. Because <laughs> that's what your mom and dad would want you to do. It's like going to a new church every Sunday. Best Western. Just feel those strangers' eyes boring into you. Um, yeah, I... I do encourage uh, people to send crabs. Um, so, so yes. get a bunch of your friends together, mass crab whoa, someone. Whoa, 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 Hank. Yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're mass crabbing somebody, though, and you're not using <laughs> crabulo.us to distribute your crab photos, how are we getting paid? I don't know. I don't know, John. I'm, I'm, very, I'm, I'm not thinking a big picture here. I'm so sorry. Motel 6 would not approve of that way of, of doing business, Hank. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I really, I don't think I've ever amused myself so much as with the, that idea. Yeah, that, that like Best Western is is now the uh, super like socialist <laughs> hotel chain. And Motel, Motel 6 Street. is like, all right, we'll be the, we'll be the heart. We'll go right wing. Yeah. Okay. You got, y'all go left wing. We'll go right wing. It's going to work out That's great. Fine. It's probably owned by the uh, same company anyway. Right. It totally is. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Um, I wouldn't be totally surprised if the my pillow guy had a secret left wing pillow company. There's only one way to respond to the bread, though. You have to respond once, and if you don't hear back, you can't respond again. Like absolutely, that right. dynamic is That's there where right. it's like, don't be desperate about the bread. Or maybe you could say, "Hey guys, can you send me some more bread?" That's like that. No. Like, can you just say that? Is that? An, I feel like that's okay to be like, "Hey, I was just no. Uh, was so pleased." I think you reply with bread once. I know you're trying to build human connections, Hank, and I yeah, I, I support you in that endeavor. It's just very hard 100%. to not feel like a, a little overachiever there, where you're like, "No, this yeah. is done. It's over." It's a little bit too earnest in response to stock photos of <laughs> bread, and I I love an earnest response. Yeah, but I think that might be a little too far. Yeah. Maybe you could get a bunch of other friends from high school and send them all crabs uh, and then take that. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea. And especially because it's 10 years later. Oh, has, has 10 and years passed? Did I miss that? Did you not remember the beginning of the question? This happened over 10 years ago, but it still bothers me. So. <laughs> Did, I did miss that. That's so you get to. That is exactly it. We have found it at last. Hank. You get together with a group of your friends from high school, and you text all those people crab pictures, no context, and then walk away. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, no, do not respond, no matter how good the response. It does nothing else matters. You have you you send one crab picture. Uh -huh. All your other friends send one yep. crab picture to each of these people. That's it. And the only way you respond is if they all respond with bread and then you all yes, respond with crap that's the only and then way it, now it's a war yeah they're not going to remember the bread that the funny thing is you course, only jay remembers the bread only of course only jay remembers the bread because <laughs> only jay experienced wow this is really weird yeah. from their perspective they're like just another tuesday <laughs> sending <laughs> bread <laughs> pictures out <laughs> This next question comes from Emily, who asks, Dear Hank and John, do trees get soggy? I live in Minnesota, and every mm. spring when the snow melts, there's a lot of flooding. And currently, there are a lot of trees under a few feet of water around rivers and creeks. Do these trees get soggy? How do they not absorb all the water that they're sitting in? I'm only asking because I don't want to wade through the water to find out myself, Emily. Emily, you couldn't figure it Great out yourself call, anyway. Emily. But also, don't Great enter flood call. stage waters. I was going to yeah. say, I mean... <laughs> Uh, it's just a little bit of proper advice. Yeah. Just, don't get in the flood. Put in my snorkel and look into the, the murky, muddy, churned up, fast flowing water filled, surrounded by who knows what's under there because it's, it's all new. It's not supposed to be even. Trees creek. John, yes. Trees don't get soggy quickly, but they do get soggy eventually. That would be my guess from having observed a lot of trees underwater. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If if these trees remained submerged for I don't know how long, but certainly for you know months or a year, they would die, uh, and they would die because uh, the roots need to do oxygen exchange. They need they need air, um, which is wild. Trees 
breathe, like have to have oxygen at their roots. And so when you, and, and there are actually structures for trees that are always close or in water. So like swampy trees, mangroves have these, cypress knees are maybe, probably, uh, right. it's, there's the, the, there's a lot of, uh, conversation continues about the extent to which cypress knees are these oxygen exchanging organs, which are called nematophores. They are just like things that shoot up from the roots to be air roots. They're like separate roots that are for air, which is wild that you need that, but you need that. And so mangroves have air roots um, and a bunch of several other uh, kinds of trees have air roots. So yeah, they do, they do get waterlogged, um, but I don't, the problem isn't so much sogginess as it is air. All right, Hank, thank you for that unexpected lesson in botany. Here's a email from Bryn who writes, Dear John and Hank, longtime listener of the pod here. You used to do advertisements that had two promo codes so you could compete to see which oh. one was used more. Yeah. Why did you stop doing those? I thought they were funny. For the win, Bryn. Um, I'm gl- I thank you so much for liking our joke. In in yes. reality, we never checked. We never we never checked. We never checked to see who was winning, but we did find out that it was extremely successful. Uh, we had uh, our our ad salesperson at the time was like, "Y'all have a much higher rate than most podcasts." And I was like, "Well, I don't want to be better than <laughs> the other podcasts." So we do we, we decided g- to tone it down a little so we wouldn't be doing <laughs> yeah, such we, favors for our ad. We wanted yeah, we wanted to be we wanted to be normal amount of Yeah. We wanted to be normal ad. Yeah, we wanted to be ads. like an averagely good yeah podcast advertising host, except for the brands that we really love. And you, you can you you can tell. Um, but that reminds me, though, that if you go to awesomecoffeeclub.com and you enter in the promo code Dear John, oh, yeah. you get two cents off. <laughs> if you go to the awesomecoffeeclub.com and you enter the promo code Dear Hank, you will also get two cents off your first order. And, <laughs> and, and you just choose which promo code you prefer. And yes, I said two cents. <laughs> it's for charity. <laughs> I'm not willing to make further sacrifices to our margin. I uh, I just I just set this up uh, as John was talking. I had the I had it open, so I'm I'm doing it now, and uh, I just need to make sure that it's applied to coffee and non-coffee items. And oh, anything you buy in the awesome coffee right. store at awesomecoffeeclub.com, anything. you now can get two cents off of. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the Dear John code set up. And now I'll just yep. go ahead and uh, I'll do the Dear Hank code. Uh, all, all lowercase. And mm. that, it's done. Okay. All lowercase. This next question comes from Corinne who writes, Dear John and Hank, how do woodpeckers not get concussions? They smack their heads repeatedly against trees. For You're telling me, Corinne. <laughs> There's one that smacks their head repeatedly against the side of my home. For hours, hours and hours and hours. What does he think is in there? <laughs> That's it's a signal. He's communicating. He's not trying to get inside. He's making noise. Oh, yeah. I thought that he was. I thought that he was trying to. I thought that he was trying to express a certain affection for me <laughs> and saying, "When I'm done, when I'm done with this, and I've burrowed my way all the way through, I'm going to come and say hello." Why do woodpeckers not get concussions? Other animals, we're not the only animal that gets concussions, are we? Absolutely not. Um, Yeah. yeah, So So why don't woodpeckers? Well, woodpeckers have, so so this is actually, it's weird that you ask this this week because new research came out about this like last week. And there's always, there's been a lot of sort of um, talk about whether there's like a sort of a shock absorption type structure, the way that the woodpecker's tongue wraps around its head. Um, so, so we're not entirely clear about this, but we do know that it's a big problem that the woodpecker has had to evolve to solve for. And the Mm. current, uh, research indicates that the way that they have solved for it is just by having really tiny brains. So force (laughs) equals mass times acceleration. And the woodpecker wants to exert a lot of force on the wood, yeah. so it's got to move its head so fast it and have, have it that slow down mass. very fast. So that deceleration is the acceleration in this case. Deceleration is a kind of acceleration, and that's the force. Um, and so it, it wants to exert that force on the tree, but that force is also going to happen to its brain. But if the brain has a smaller mass, it will experience less force. So woodpeckers wow. have really tiny brains, and one assumes thus are the stupidest birds in the forest, and everybody laughs about it. Wow. Well, that's good to know. I just I like the idea explains. of a, like a raven trying to talk to a woodpecker and the woodpecker being like, ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my yeah, god, why do we even like, try? Oh god, these people. 
never shut up, but they also don't say anything interesting. Why are they politicizing pillows? (laughs) That said, listen, I do not judge anybody for how they sleep. It's hard to fall asleep in this world right now. Make it work. And whatever works for you, that's fine with me. I'm not here to judge. Do you want to hear a story about this from, from your brother, Hank? Yeah, and in so, fact, I think I have to. So I I take a medicine. Um, it's an in, an injection, and yeah. I it gives me like a local allergic reaction um, that can be really, like really itchy for like a week. But if I take Benadryl beforehand, then it's l- less of a problem. So I t- mm. so like every like second Friday, I yeah. take some Benadryl, and then I shoot myself in the leg, and uh, then and then you I just fa- sleep and then I like a king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then what I did this week is because I'm, I'm, I've mostly recovered from COVID. I was like, I haven't had alcohol in, you know, three weeks because I've been trying to take good care of myself. I'll have a glass of wine. And then mm-hmm. I had a second glass of wine. Mm. And it turns out the Benadryl mixed with alcohol is bad. Like, oh, yeah, I learned it about that in school, on the, the multiplier effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and, real bad. Uh, and I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race and I was like, am I having an allergic reaction to my medicine? Like, why do I feel mm. so weird? I can't mm. pay attention to anything. I'm like very, I'm like falling asleep, but mm. like not in a good way. I'm like not in control of, and I and I, I went to sleep and I woke up feeling just awful. Um, like, like I had a tremendous hangover and I, and I was like, what did, what did I do? And then I finally Googled it and I was like, oh, that's what I did wrong. Um, yeah, you never so want to mix depressants. Yeah, yeah, and I did. I didn't sort of like hit the. I mean, Benadryl look in general. The, I feel CMS. like I need to. I need to walk that back and say like, don't do drugs. <laughs> First of all, don't do drugs. Second, <laughs> read the you, package you, of your medicines. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you do do drugs, like talk to somebody who knows more than your local yeah. uh, advice <laughs> podcast. We got great opinions is, about pillows. And how to and, rebrand and Best Western, but like yeah, maybe exactly. isn't your number one guide to pharmacology. Yeah. But I do want to ask you this question from Allison because it, it's extremely important. Dear John and Hank, if Earth were somehow destroyed, <laughs> I love a I love a hypothetical, Allison. If yeah. Earth were somehow destroyed, wouldn't that probably affect Mars? Like, would it really be better to spread out the human race? Because I imagine like if Earth was gone, it would affect nearby things like, for instance, Mars, mm. and potentially even destroy Mars, mm. and all things being equal, I'd rather die on Earth than Mars, Allison. Allison, <laughs> you are speaking my language. Well, what? how what, How are we picturing the Earth gets destroyed? Because um, if it really gets, like, like, blasted into lots of pieces, like a Death Star situation, then, yeah, I think Mars might experience some negative consequences. But most of the circumstances in which uh, we talk about Earth being destroyed, we're mostly talking about it being like a less livable place or an unlivable place for people. Um, I, and it just become continues to be a rock. Also, if Earth just disappeared, Mars would not notice, which is wild. I don't want to interrupt you, Hank, but yeah. I do have a new slogan for Best Western that I think is really good. Okay. Best Western. Die on Earth. (laughs) If Earth disappeared, Mars wouldn't even notice. (laughs) That's also really good. Maybe that could be Motel (laughs) Sixes. Best Western, die on Earth. Motel Six, if Earth disappeared, Mars wouldn't even notice. $44 a night. Free cable. If Free Earth cable. disappeared, Mars wouldn't notice. Oh, great. If Earth disappeared, Mars wouldn't notice, Allison. So we've got that going for us. Mars wouldn't. If Earth is completely destroyed on Mars, just another soul. <laughs> just another soul on Mars. <laughs> the sun goes up, the sun comes down. <laughs> Which reminds me that this podcast is brought to you by the Martian Soul just a little bit longer than an Earth Day, but because of that, this has to have its own name. Also, today's podcast is, of course, brought to you by Pneumatophores. Pneumatophores, I just learned about them. 
And this podcast is brought to you by The Baking Cult. It definitely existed for at least five minutes ten years ago. And, uh, of course, today's podcast is brought to you by the Awesome Coffee Club. AwesomeCoffeeClub.com. Use that promo code DEARJOHN for two cents off. Or the promo code DEARHANK for two cents off. <laughs> I love how you tried to emphasize the two differently to get people a different yeah. kind of excited. Like, oh, <laughs> forget about focusing on the cents. I'm going to focus on the two. <laughs> I could change mine. You don't know how to do it. I could change mine to three. <laughs> you could. You should do it right now. <laughs> it's, right. it's like two clicks. All right. You, Boom. you change it to three Boom. cents. Boom. <laughs> Saved. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna figure out the back end. I'm gonna now I'm gonna now I'm gonna own now I'm gonna be a software magnate like Hank Green by figuring out how to do that? He's gonna he's gonna figure out how to log in. He's gonna make it four cents off. Hank, read that project for awesome message while I nail down. He's gonna try and figure it out how to do this. And we're not. I'm not gonna tell you if John figures it out or not. You have to go to the website to find out if he did it. Big news. We have a project for awesome. We have <laughs> no. <laughs> we have a project for awesome message from Michael Quincy to my wife Joanna. Did I, I didn't Why want did to say, you it say like that? that? That's not good. I don't, to, my, no. to my wife. No, no. All right. Hank has lost the privilege of reading the Project for Awesome message. I tried to give him a chance while I was maybe updating my promo code's discount. We have a Project for Awesome message from Michael Quincy to my wife, my wife, Joanna. Ever since you listened through the entire Dear Hank and John archive, I knew I had to send you a message here. Thank you for all the ways you make me better. I have grown so much as a person and a friend because of you. You are an amazing human being, and I am so honored to be your husband. Never stop being you. Love, Michael Quincy. That's so nice. That's very sweet. It's very sweet. Very sweet. Thank you for not ruining it, John. It's so much better than if Hank had been allowed to read the rest of it. <laughs> This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look, there are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials. 
essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep, it's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt. I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. Did you see my promo code, by the way? No, you don't. You no. What did you do? A new one? I updated mine. I figured it out. You updated yours. I'm checking. I'm refreshing right now. Oh no! I gotta change it back. <laughs> no, you can't. No, Hank. I figured out I how to do it. I can. You, Look at me doing it. Oh my god! All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. You'll only have to. You'll have to find out who wins. <laughs> who is the last person to go? <laughs> Back into Awesome Coffee Club this and update the promo code. This question comes from Brittany, who writes, Dear John and Hank, why is it so hard to get the last square of cinnamon toast crunch on the spoon? Pumpkins and penguins, Brittany. Have you noticed this? Well, John, because that's that's the wrong way to do it. It says right on the box, right by the part where it says don't mix Benadryl and alcohol, it says the last cinnamon toast crunch square is meant to be drunk with the milk. <laughs> but or you, water. You really do. Uh, or uh, water. Yeah. But you really do have to. It, it is. It, it. It's like there is a magnetism and the spoon is charged opposite the last square <laughs> yeah. of cinnamon toast crunch. I don't know what that's about. Everywhere like you go, everything you do, it's like, no, not today. Mm-hmm. You got to drink me. That's it. I just wanted to ask that question because it's something I have also <laughs> noticed that is very weird. That was a great sponsor. I wish we could have got that one. The last cinnamon toast crunch square. It just wants you got to gotta drink me. You got to drink me. Drink me. That's what it's yelling at you while you try and get it on your spoon. Okay, John, I have to ask this question. Great. This is from Willow, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I work for a small business that makes old-fashioned soap based in North Idaho. Mm. Oh, that's not far away from me. My boss has explained that we don't actually know how soap was discovered. There is a legend that says women discovered that their clothes were cleaner when they washed at a certain river at the bottom of a hill. What supposedly happened was that there was a like animal sacrifices made at the top of the hill and the fat from the slaughtered animal was mixed for, with with ash, which is a component of lye, and run down collecting at the base. And I want to know if there is any proof of that willow. John, does that sound like the kind of thing that people just made up? Because it really does to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's because people just made that up. <laughs> Um, and, well, it, I mean, and I, and I want to know what about, what is it, what is it about it where I was like six times during that story? I was like, that is a hundred percent something that somebody made up. Like, well, how did I know? It, it sounded to me like it's something that somebody made up, but also when you read histories of food and yeah. people talk about how bread got invented, everybody is like, it just doesn't make any sense. So much, <laughs> so much you'd have to yeah. figure out at the same time in order to make bread. Yeah. Like it's really hard to mm-hmm. figure out how you would figure out all of that. And so, yeah. And so on that level, it seems possible just because it does seem like it would be hard to figure out how to make soap. Like if you were coming at it from scratch, this is a this is right. the issue that we ha- we all have in our current world, right? Which is that there is a lot of stuff that we could understand if only we understood six other things that we cannot understand <laughs> without understanding yeah. the final thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all it all depends on itself. Yes. So you can't you can't actually understand it because and that's not like a problem that like super intelligence can solve because you can't understand it unless you understand 
it basically right we have unknown unknowns that can't that, that can't yeah. get us to the thing but then somehow we still eventually figure stuff out which is one of my favorite things about us mm-hmm. so how did we figure out soap do you know um i don't know exactly um th- it was mesopotamia times and they were dealing with a lot like it, it's all you really need is lye and animal fat and and like mm. when you're starting to do interesting things in the world, you notice that lye, which is a base, um, so like the opposite of an acid, it accepts hydrogen ions. Um, you you notice that this like commonly occurring base does interesting stuff, and I think that mm. like you have that, and you have and like fat is also a super useful thing. Like it's not just for food; it's for mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. It's Oil, used in a lot of different ways. Energy, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so like you're maybe mixing those things together, and it turns out that that originally that substance that was you know basically soap wasn't used to like wash people; it was used to wash textiles and to like make it so that they could make mm. finer textiles. Textiles um, mm. from wool, I think mostly. Um, but anyway, like the the real the the thing about this that makes that like the first red flag is that it's like dependent on animal sacrifice, which feels like that's one of the four things you know about cultures that existed before our culture. If you know four right. things, and so right. so the the other bit of it is if you look at the actual sort of legend, it's that it's called Mount Sappo and it's in Rome, which. Uh, immediately I'm like, no, no, no. It like, everybody's like, it was all done in Rome. And it's just like, that's so, so like the, the thing that we did is we like attribute every discovery to Rome. And well, and thus, we, to be fair, we attribute a few to the Greeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We give them a couple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So all of that added up to lots of lots of fact red flags to me. That's so that's a that's a great observation that stories you can't trust tend to take place in ancient Rome or <laughs> yeah. ancient Greece. Yeah, because we just <laughs> wanted to tell a lot of stories about how like there was sort of a beginning of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. our culture, which is right, you know. That that's right. people wanted to tell a story with the continuous thread, and it it's a very beautiful, easy to follow continuous thread if you make it up, which is what they did. Right. They also wanted to tell a story where Europe remained yeah. at the center. Yes. So course. Europe yeah. discovered culture in and soap two thousand years ago, yeah. and soap, and then it sort of disappeared for a while, and then Europe rediscovered culture during the Renaissance, and we've known it ever since. (laughs) The the one way to- It's a great story. The one real way to be. It's not true, but it's great. (laughs) Like, it's not, it's actually really destructive, but it's narratively solid in a way that I think is appealing, especially if you're, you know, look, a lot of people have a lot of things that they've got to think about, and they can't spend a lot of time thinking about the details of history. And so you want, you know, I understand the urge to want straightforward narratives. I want straightforward narratives when it comes to astrophysics, you know, because it's not something I have the time or talent to learn a lot about. Yes, but I am so open to people who want to tell me. Yeah. And I think that's the key is we have to remember that stories are complicated. And if we think we have a simple story for why something is we may be oversimplifying. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you one more question. Okay. I know that we have a time time limit, but I think I was interested in this one. This is from Tyler who writes, Dear John and Hank, what would Earth look like from space if it oh, never had life on it? John. Would the water still be blue? Life <laughs> has to have changed the chemistry of Earth's crust significantly, so I yeah. don't imagine the dirt or stones would be the same color, would they? Not a winler, not a loser, a Tyler. That's a really good name specific sign off. Uh, that was work. You put in the work yeah. on that one, Tyler. Yeah. yeah, you spent a lot of time thinking about your own name, nice. Tyler, and that's uh, that's good. Uh, John, This so we yeah. don't know, of course. We don't know what the earth right. would look like if it weren't for for life, but um, th- there there is totally the potential that without so like carbon dioxide uh, accumulates and and right and the way that it works on Earth is that like carbon dioxide is emitted and then things immediately take that carbon out of the atmosphere and build life out of it, um, and then oxygen is left and then you know humans breathe that in uh, and and animals. 
um so you so like this uh system is actually quite good at keeping the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere low. We are combating that now through burning yeah. a lot of old fossilized carbon, but uh, still, it's it's comparatively, compared to Venus, for example, quite low. There is a, sort of like a, a potential, like, clear path that actually Earth without life would have ended up a lot like Venus, in which case there would the oceans would not be blue because there would be no oceans. The Whoa. like the the planet would be like hundreds of degrees. It would be like maybe even because like oceans kind of aid in plate tectonics. They like we wouldn't have active plate tectonics. Like the the extent to which all mineral like all the minerals you hear about almost like almost all of them are oxides because oxygen is really reactive and it's like when it's in the atmosphere it reacts with stuff that's in but like oxygen wouldn't exist in the atmosphere without life so like all of the minerals like most of the minerals you hear about like wouldn't be things without life it would be so like wow. it is really hard to understand the extent to which earth is a living place and would not be anything like the way that it is without it. It is just a life ball. It's so wow. cool. And like the 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 impact, like life has such a tremendous impact on the geology of the planet that you almost cannot separate them from each other. Wow. That's that's amazing. It's super cool. We should make a side show about it. It was great. I uh, think that's, that's a, great, a great question. I mean, that'd be a great video. Yeah. Um, I have some news from AFC Wimbledon that happened entirely on this ball of life. Okay. <laughs> so Wimbledon are continue their preseason campaign. They, they just played Ipswich Town and uh-huh. lost 3-0. And I, in a moment of true despair, tweeted... Not from my sports account, but from my main account. Uh-huh. Does anyone know of somebody who can score goals? <laughs> and as if by magic, okay. AFC Wimbledon have signed two strikers Oof. in the last five days. Oof. Okay. One, first, we have Josh Davidson, who played last year for Swindon Town. He's 22 years old. He scored a lot of goals last nice. year. Okay. And... I would say, look, we've talked before about how there are, broadly speaking, two kinds of soccer players, especially goal-scoring soccer players, big Uh bottoms, smalls. Yeah. Smaller people with bigger bottoms. Yeah. Small bottom bigs. Can I guess? I'm looking at a picture. This looks like a a big bottom small. I agree. James Davidson looks to me like a big bottom small. Well, Hank, have I got a piece of news for you? Okay. Which is that we also signed a small bottom big, specifically <laughs> the 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 biggest small bottom big in oh. all of professional football. <laughs> okay. We used to have the biggest big bottom small yeah. in all of professional football, yeah, Autobiolock and Fenwa. Uh-huh. Now we have Kyle Hudlin, six feet nine inches tall. <laughs> Skinny as you like. Wow. Classic. Where is his bottom? It's gone. Small bottom big. There's no bottom there. Kyle Hudlin Uh and Josh Davison are going to be, I don't want to get ahead of myself, the greatest strike partnership (laughs) in the 130-year history of our football club. AFC Wimbledon are going back to League One. We're going to be promoted as champions on the back of a strike partnership, the likes of which the world has never seen. And AFC Wimbledon manager Johnny Jackson is going to be hailed as a hero just for these two signings. Now, in terribly sad news that was also inevitable and we all knew it was coming— Jack Rudy Rudoni, who has played for AFC Wimbledon since he was eight years old and whose parents, I believe, are AFC Wimbledon season ticket holders, has accepted a transfer to Huddersfield Town, oh. a team in the second division that has a really good chance, actually, uh, potentially of being a, a Premier League team next year. And so, or, or two seasons from now. And, and that's where he was always headed. I mean, he was yeah, just a really good player. And it's great for us to be making really good players from our academy and then having them signed to big teams. Uh, also, I think we got paid around a million dollars, which is not 
Oh. Which is a lot of money for AFC Wimbledon. Yeah. So we wish Rudy all of the best. He will always be, I mean, from the age of like seven or eight, he, he has been a Wimbledon player and he will always be a, a, a Don to us. But he needed to go. I mean, his level is That's much great. higher than where yeah. Wimbledon will be playing. So it's appropriate. It's the right thing. It's good for everybody involved. I hope that he has an awesome long career. And we have a strike partnership that will hopefully produce a lot of goals. Well, that's, that is actually sounds like very good news because it seemed like the problem you had was that no one could was a goal scorer. Uh, we didn't have like, a small bottom big or a big bottom small. And then you I see got, the results. I got both. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that I was able to correctly identify Josh uh, <laughs> just by looking. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> they don't make it hard. They are, they are both classic <laughs> fillers of their role. Yeah. I think if I had seen the other guy first, I would have I been quite certain which one he was. Uh, he scores a lot of goals with his head. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's up there where nobody six else is. Nine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got this real whole estate head all to myself. Everybody else, yeah. it's beautiful. I this love is it. My, I'm my, so excited. Yeah, that's your field down there. This is my field up here. <laughs> right, exactly. Once, once we get to about six foot two, that's where I play the game up here, <laughs> this above week, the rim. <laughs> this week in Mars News, uh, great news for Mars as well. The Perseverance rover has collected its first sample from the Jezero Delta. So it's been on its way to this delta for a long time. It spent 31 souls traveling uh, three miles on the way. It collected eight rock samples. And uh, the Perseverance team was very excited to get to the delta because it is full of Delta stuff. It's just sediment that was laid down by a river and scientists want to study it to see if there are any signs of ancient life or just understand the geology of the planet better. It's taken some time to uh, find the right rocks to collect on Mars. Some were too fragile. Others were too rough to drill. Turned out uh, they eventually narrowed down on a rock that they named Skinner Ridge, uh, which you can go take a look at. And they collected a 6.7 centimeter long core that they they named that as well. That's named Swift Run. Uh, it's the longest core that they have collected so far. This mission, uh, the Perseverance mission, uh, and I'm very happy for them. And that it's continuing to happen. And you can check out all the photos by just googling those words I told you. Wow, it's on the Delta. That's really exciting. That seems like we're getting close to a proper river. I mean, that's right. Not anymore, but a place that was a river. Ancient river, yes. (laughs) It's been on Mars for 500 days now. Wild. Really? Yeah. I mean, that has been one fast, slow 500 days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's been a wild 500 days. I mean, that's been an extremely perseverant 500 days of perseverance, (laughs) is what I would say about that. Yeah. I was thinking recently, uh, well, let's just, let's end the podcast because I want to talk about the thing that I was thinking recently on This weekend Stuff, uh, our hit Patreon-only podcast at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn, where we talk about the stuff that delights us, although we might soon transform it into a podcast where we just rebrand brands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we accept submissions from brands and we do all the work for you. That's right. John, thank you for making a podcast with me. If you want to email us your questions, please do that because we wouldn't have a podcast without them. You can send them to hankandjohn at gmail.com. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom. Our editorial assistant is Devoki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, go to get the coffee now because it's now you don't have anything to do. The podcast is over. What are you going to do next? Dear John is your promo code. Promo code Dear Hank. John is not going to get you nearly the discount. We'll see about that.